Kia ora, ko Anne O'Brien toku ingoa, he kaiorongi o waituhi o tamaki, no mai, haru mai. I'm Anne O'Brien, Director of the Auckland Writers Festival Waituhi o Tamaki, and you're listening to a session podcast from our 2021 event. Pacifica Marama Inga Inga. Oceanic women have always been creators, weaving lives into pandanus mats, printing knowledge onto masi and tapa, bearing tato memory on skin, weaving words in boundless talanoa. A triumph of preeminent Pacifica women, Ockham New Zealand Book Awards winner Tusiata Avia, Selena Tusitala Marsh, and Ockham long-listed Carlo Mila come together to discuss the preoccupations that infuse their incredible new books. Grace Iwashita Taylor leads this conversation on Whakapapa, culture, and Timoana Nui Akiwa as it's threaded through their pages in one of our Talanoa series sessions curated by Gina Cole and supported by Totai Contemporary Pacific Arts Trust. We hope you enjoy it. He honare, he karoria, he maunga rongo ki te whenua, he whakaro pai ki nga tangata katoa. Nga te whatua, E mihiana ki na mate o te wā, haere, haere, mō mai roto i ti atua, ki a tātou kato e paiana, ki a kaha, ki a maia, ki a manua nui. Na manakitanga o te atua, ki runga i a tātou katoa. Ko waiahau, noa urio ha moa, ha pāni e erarangi, ko Grace Iwashita Taylor toku ingo. Tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou, tēnā tātou katoa. Don't be shy, be loud. Nisa mbola vinaka, whakatālofa atu, tālofa lava, ma loilele, and welcome to Manama Ganga. I welcome you in the mother tongues of the islands of the Moana, of which our guest and curator, Whakapapatu. Welcome to this Talanoa session with three legends of the upu, kupu, word, and storytelling from Te Moana Nuiakiwa. A massive mihi to Gina Cole, the curator for this Talanoa series, and Tautai Contemporary Pacific Arts Trust for supporting the Talanoa series to happen. Firstly, some housekeeping before we get into the juicy stuff. If you have your phones with you, please put them on silent or turn them off so you can be present with us. And if you didn't when you came in, please feel free to scan on the COVID scanner or sign in manually on your way out. Um, feel comfortable to wear a mask if that makes you feel good. Um, that's totally welcome as well. Yeah. Between all of our guests today, there is a long list of academic and creative achievements. Notably, they are all members of the New Zealand Order of Merit, with Selena Tusitala Marsh as our fearless New Zealand Poet Laureate 2017 to 2019. And congratulations to Tusiata. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
who won the Occam um, Poetry Prize Book Award for her book, The Savage Colonizer, um, and the first Pacifica woman to do so. We love to see it. They are mothers, teachers, daughters, and mentors. They are fire and water, beauty and rage, the unknown and the illumination, all elements within their writing that they approach unapologetically and with absolute precision. Wahine that are pivotal in the creative ngafa of myself and many other writers across the motu. Writers that are constantly, as Gina Cole said, weaving words in boundless talonoa. They are spearheads of the literary landscape and it is a complete honor to be sharing space with them today. Hopefully I don't cry, I get emotional. <laughs> Please join me in a very hearty welcome for this incredibly good looking, fine as group of wahine, Tusiata Via, Selena Tusitalamash and Carlo Miller. As a way of bringing our um, guests into the space, um, I'd like to, we're gonna invite each of them to share a reading with you, um, from the, probably from their latest collection that they have, and then we'll dive into a talanoa, and then we will have partai from the audience, so please think of any questions that you might have, which I'm sure many of you do already as fans. <laughs> but first we'd like to invite Tusiata. I'm just trying to decide what to do. Um, I really want to read a, a poem of Carlo's, but I think I will leave that for a little bit later. Um, and who was at the Ockens the other night? A few people? Do you want me to read it again? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Someone said new one, new one. <laughs> The only thing is, I only have one poem. It's just, <laughs> when you buy the book, you'll just see the same poem repeated <laughs> over and over again. So you all know uh, 2019. You all know the big deal about 2019, right? The 25th anniversary of James Cook arrival in New Zealand. Hey, James. Yeah, you. In the white wig. In that big endeavour. <laughs> Sailing the blue, blue ocean like a big asshole. <laughs> Fuck you, bitch. James, I heard someone shoved a knife right up between your white ribs at Kealakekua Bay. I'm going to go there, make a big makahiki luau, cook a white pig, feed it to the dogs, and fuck you up, bitch. Hey, James, it's us. These days, we're driving around in SUVs looking for you. Or white men like you. 
who might be thieves or rapists or kidnappers or murderers. Yeah, or any of your descendants or any of your incarnations. Because you know, hey bitch, we're gonna fuck you up. Tonight, James, it's me, Leilani, Danielle, and a car full of brown girls. We find you on the corner of the justice precinct. You've got another woman in a headlock, and I've got my father's pig hunting knife in my fist, and we're coming to get you. Sailing around in your resolution, your friendship, your discovery and your fucking free love. Watch your ribs, James. Cause I'm coming with Kalani o Pu'u, Kane Kapulei, Kanaina, Keawe Opala, Kuka Ilimoku, who is a god, and Nua'a, who is king with a knife. And then, James, then we're gonna fuck you up for good, bitch. Um, Nick, Selena, would you like to share? Kia ora koutou, talofa So good to be here. Um, the last three mornings I've had 420 children downstairs and we've been doing Mophead and Mophead 2. I've had a massive screen with the pages up. The kids have been so engaged and um, I've been so touched by their feedback in terms of how emotionally honest they find the character Mophead. And whether they've got big hair or not, whether they're skinny and brown or not, whether they're a girl child or not, they can relate to her story, which is how your difference makes the difference. So um, for my poem time, I'm just going to read you the first couple of pages of Mophead 2, the Queen's poem. And Gracie's going to show this part of the room, pictures, this, and I'll show you this part. So um, <clears throat> it'll come up later too. One of the questions will be about giving ourselves permission to be ourselves and how some of us need to give ourselves permission every single hour of every single day. And I think that's also something that kids have been able to relate to. Mophead 2. 2. To stand with integrity. Mini Mopheads at the bottom. She gives all the definitions. This is when your insides match your outsides. Mini Mophead is that more sassier, cheeky part of me inside there that asks the questions that I'm often too embarrassed to ask or too self-conscious to ask. And, you know, guess what? We've all got a mini mop head 
inside of us. Mophead 2, the Queen's poem, She Drew Me Again. One day, I received a letter from the Queen of England. I wonder if it's because we share the same birthday, 21st of April. Anyone here have the same birthday? Oh, another one. You are the second person out of 1,241 people <laughs> this week. I'd been crowned the Commonwealth Poet. Your service to the Queen, write her a poem. There's Minnie Mophead in the scroll next to the fine print. What's the Commonwealth? The Commonwealth is made up of countries the Queen used to rule. They were called colonies. Little bees here. This one's called India. This one's called Navigator Isles. New Hebrides, Ghana, Gilberts, Alice Isles, Australia, New Zealand. The Queen's hive was strong and powerful. She got to make all the rules for her colonies. Where's my royal jelly? <laughs> she could name them. This is London, England. And that postcard, the postcard at the bottom says London, Kiribati. She could claim them. This poster says Captain Cook, discoverer of the Pacific. Who's that dude pointing at the stars? That's Tupaya, Cook's navigator. But school doesn't teach that story. She could shame them. God, book, gods, taro plant. That's not right. And tame them. We bring order and peace. And boxes to take and sell your stuff in. Phosphate, sugar, coconuts, spice, guano. There's mini moped writing bird poop. And in the background, you've got a silhouette of just a couple of kind, friendly, order-bringing warships. <laughs> showing the flag with the Queen's crown on them. But no one likes to be bullied. It's mini mophead. That's called colonialism. So the colonies started breaking the Queen's rules and making their own. This little bee's carrying a sign, broken sign. Gilberts is crossed out, Kiribati is pinned in. This sign is Alice, crossed out, Tuvalu pinned in. Talofa, I'm Tusitala, Mophead's granddad. This is Piglet, my piglet. And Piglet is throwing the Queen's flag into the ocean and sticking out his tongue. Ending colonial rule was not easy. But the Mao movement in Samoa, 
get up, stand up for your rights, our island, our rules, decolonize now, mau mau, the land and freedom movement, march for freedom, trick or treaty kia mau. People died, many are still struggling. So when I got my crown, not all my friends were happy about it. Sell out. Mini mop head definition of sell out. That's when your insides don't match your outsides. And the rest of the book tells you the story of how <laughs> I got my insides to match my outsides. Thank you. <laughs> Malo Lele, everyone. We were asked to select a poem that gave us full permission to be ourselves, and I picked one, but as I came in, sat down, my nana said, no, you have to read the one about you, about her. Um, so I have to do that, obviously. Nana, I always do what nana asks. And um, there are three poems in here that she commissioned, one for a wedding present um, for someone, and one that she asked me to write when she turned 92. Um, she was a woman of faith and active in her Methodist church her entire life, and so she wanted me to write a poem for her funeral um, about God being the word. When she turned 94, she decided she was no longer a Christian. <laughs> and that to have that faith was just a vanity because all there was was the great mystery. And my mum would contact me and she'd be somewhat agitated and she'd ask me about Falia Lupo. Um, and then she asked me to write another poem for her funeral. Um, and I was really not wanting to write this one because I felt like it was going to loosen her tethers to um, still being with us. And when I finished it, I was with my friend Ron doing an open dance weekend in Nelson. And when I finished it and sent it um, to my mother and my family, my, my nana became unconscious and she died later that week. Um, so the poem is called Malanga, the Journey, for Alice Susanna Hunt. It is a spindrift that rises from the body our final exhale beyond the breath, where we give ourselves up in completion to life, where everything that you are leaves behind everything that you were, departing that faithful friend of a body, its soft limbs, forgiving flesh, muscles, skin, sinews, all that held you together so gently for so long. A song of water, blood, breath and bone. We acknowledge all that you have left behind, all that you have given, and what a life you have seen, and what a life you have been. And how we have loved you. We stay here with that precious vessel that carried you through this life, but cannot carry you into the next. 
And may we who love you, holding the song, blood, and bone vessel of your being, may we carry the meaning of your life forward into the world of light so that it will reach those who come after. He waka, here here waka, the vessel that binds us to the great moving fleet. We know that it's your time to depart, to embark on an ancient route of return along the terrestrial contours of this land that has birthed and fed you, this land on which we stand towards a celestial flight path beyond the wingspan of birds into the stars towards the warmer weather of our dreams, towards islands we have held so gently in our memories where we once belonged. At Te Reringa Wairua, where two oceans meet, a pohutakawa still holds, waiting for you, with a fragrant, green-leaved, red-crowned farewell. And the whole earth heaves a sigh of release. And from here, wreathed in red and green, you will bid us farewell and begin to travel the ocean roads, the star paths, traced by star walkers past Tongatapu to Uvea and Fortuna, where with the splitting of rocks, it all began. You will enter the deep blue channels of ocean and night and move between worlds of underwater darkness and celestial light, and you will take blight until you reach Savai and follow the black lava fields towards the last rites. Here, you will be cleansed in the waters of Falialupo, the final farewell at the seashore. And it is here that we face the truth, that you are westward bound. Ia manuia loma blessed be your journey, Follow the shining trail of the setting sun towards the great mystery beyond all of our knowing. We must trust then in all we cannot understand and like the land, heave a sigh of release. Ole mai vainga nailetai ifataiai aiu angafa. The farewell at the seashore with the promise to meet again in the children. love to all three of you for sharing with us. Is it right with you if I go into a question? Yeah. Quite often, each of you are described as fearless and unapologetic writers, and I feel that to enable that requires permission. I would like us to explore what permission looks like for you as writers and as wahine from Te Moana Nui Akiwa. Each of you whakapapa to a region of the world that has a history of being explored, exploited, forgotten, glorified, demonized, and exoticized by the outsider. How do you navigate the tension between that history and permission within your own creative writing as a Pacifica wahine from Aotearoa? 
Oh, well, maybe I'll start this with um, your poem then, Carlo. Um, I was, I read it this morning and it just really, really got me. Um, and I've been thinking about permission for a long, 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 fucking long time. Um, yeah, at least, how old am I? At, at least 25 years. <laughs> Um, because that's, that's how long it's taken me to be a writer. Um, I didn't start writing until I was 25 years, five. Um, <clears throat> anyway, <laughs> I'm 55. <laughs> what? And all the ladies in the house say, that's better. <laughs> okay. This truth, sorry, I am lonely. This truth sets out the hollow, finds its mark, rests inside me. It fills the curve of my ache more than the question of who loves me? I am lonely and do not have a circle of women to sit around me, share and meditate their conscious will into the world. How I crave minds like mine, the tapa of connected talk, beating singular thoughts and shame into symmetry of company. This Tananoa is both the rain and the roof we would gather under, making us feel both wild and safe. How I miss all of this, and all of you who I do not know but need. Okay, I just went from laughing to crying. <coughs> this is what it's going to be all about, people, so <laughs> buckle up. Um, <clears throat> and I, I was thinking about that stanza in particular, how I crave minds like mine, the tupper of connected talk beating singular thoughts and shame into symmetry of company. And... Um, Selena and I do this all the time um, and, and so I do with my circle of women friends and I crave this when I don't have it and I feel fucking crazy with loneliness when I don't have it and this, this thing of needing minds and hearts and understandings and experiences and backstories and histories with women and people like me so we can beat out our shame. I'm going to tell you something. You know, um, we're sitting up here, Selena's going, oh, everyone's just here for you. You know, you're the it girl. <laughs> You won the prize. And I'm saying, oh, shut up. You're the poet laureate. Everyone. John Campbell's your friend. Like, 
he's got a crush on her. He he has, and he admitted it. Anyway, um, he did. He did. I'm not even joking. Anyway, what was I saying? What was I saying? Oh, I haven't told her that yet. Um, I crave that. I'm just crazy at the moment. Never mind. Um, so yeah. Anyway, so this is this is like accolade time, right? Um, because the other night I won the um, what was it? Ockham Book Awards for um, best book of poetry. So, like, you would think that I would be like, whoo, but I have been filled with body shame, filled with it. Um, a couple of days leading up to getting here, and when I tried on a dress that I wanted to wear to the awards that wouldn't fit me, um, which sounds dumb, but it just filled me full of body shame. And I've been so ultra aware of what I look like and, you know, when I got up, got up on the stage, you know, to accept the award, I looked up and they had this big um, video screen and all I could see was my back fat, <laughs> you know? Um, I know, it's, it's so fucking sad for me, you know, and for all of us who, who that's what we can see, you know. Um, I want to cry. I know, I want to cry for that 13-year-old me. I want to cry for her because she's just all up in my face at the moment. And it's just really interesting that it's happening now, right, at accolade time, you know, the, the so-called peak of my 20-year career. Um, yeah, uh, I was going to go somewhere else with that. Yeah, but um, this 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 really spoke to me this morning, and and made me, you, you know, just like show you my undies, which I've just done. You know, show you my emotional undies. Um, yeah, big, <laughs> clean. I don't know. Let's not go there. Let's not go no, there. No, it, it just reminds anyway. me of the time when um, my. My mother-in-law, who lived with us for the most of my 26-year marriage, was hanging up the laundry and she thought um, she was hanging up my hair ties, but it was a thong. <laughs> and I was just trying to spice things up and she was like, how does this fit? Is it a double tie thing? It's like, sorry. Yeah, mine's not a thong, babe. Mine's not a thong. <laughs> I think to, to, to take up your point about... Um, being hungry to be seen, you know, in the far out, in the mid 90s, I wrote a small essay about the state of Pacific literature and how hungry we were to see ourselves in that literary mirror. And I think, you know, where I currently am at, it's like the, the internal critic is going, it's all about you, isn't it? It's just all about you all the time and it's like mini mopheads going damn straight it's all about me because I need to see myself my truth this unique way of being in the world as not new unique as quite normal I need to see that literary mirror to, to hold to be able to hold and reflect those stories back and it isn't for me just in the literature it's how I'm an academic at the University of Auckland 
It's how I do things. It's why I argue with the university that me being with 400 kids every morning is as important as doing kind of admin work at policy level at university, right? Because this is, this is how we roll. This is how we interweave with each other. And even the title of the session, Pacifica Marama, no, it's not Ganja, it's Gaga. Ganja Gaga. No, just Ganga. Ganga. Yeah. Which means victorious, triumphant woman, right, in our, in our own ways. And Gina got that title from Teresa Koroi Volo'ona, who was the first Pacific. Um, my first Pacific Fiji PhD student to graduate from the University of Auckland and her, and her PhD thesis looked on women's stories and the naming ceremonies. And it was an so this is an amazing weaving in an acknowledgement of women's wisdom, the way we see and hear each other and hold those spaces for each other. You know, and it's, it's yes, it's, it can be in that beautiful ritual circle it can be in all the work that we do, and it can be in those quick telephone conversations, like, I feel fucking tragic this morning, and who will hear me? I'm so lonely. Would you? <laughs> Would you? Would you like to speak? That was like a really smooth segue into, it's like, it's, uh, What what does permission look like for you in your writing? I mean, I'm just reflecting on, you know, reading your book, Carlo, there's so much healing in there for you, but also for us as readers. So maybe what does that permission look like in terms of poetry being a healing process? The poem that I was going to read, but then my nana said no, um, <laughs> is again one of being l lonely um, but also it's a poem about being in a really extraordinarily difficult relationship and it references like my windscreens being smashed like unexpectedly while I'm driving with nothing hitting them and fish flying out of the ocean, landing on the sand in front of me, and the creatures in the trees at Oiraka. And none of this is fiction for me and in my life. None of it. It's not not true. And that makes me really spectacularly weird and lonely. And that means that my circle um, has to be quite like that too. Otherwise, I'm just going to feel even more lonely. And so what I was going to say is that poetry is a way of allowing me to be me. Um, I actually have so many questions <laughs> that I would love to ask you um, all. We could just keep 
You can just yeah. keep talking to that, yeah, especially, yeah. I mean, obviously around permission, but um, Selena, when you talk about the name of this, this session and, you know, Tosiata saying with, um, so it being about um, triumphant, triumphant wahine and then with winning the award and then feeling those things, like, what is that? Like, how do we even navigate that? Yeah, I mean, it's all part of it. It's it's standing on the stage, winning the prize and freaking out about your back fat and that's all you can see in your head. It's both things at the same time, right? It's this it's this weaving all the time of, of everything, but also trying to keep your head above water, you know. And and I mean that's what writing is for me. It's it's weaving all the stuff. Um, and it keeps my head above water. You know, that, that, I mean, that James Cook poem, you know, I wrote that um, actually after a night in the nightclub, in a nightclub, you know, and just having this, and having to, to stop and um, stop a, a white guy from um, assaulting a, a young woman in a, in a headlock, um, having to stop and, with my two girlfriends, get out of the car and threaten to beat him up, you know. Um, and, I mean, my only way out with that shit is to write it all out, you know. And confessional poetry has a bad rap, man. Like, I just don't agree with who are they? Those, who the hell are they? Are they old white men that say that confessional poetry is, is just, meh, it's just, oh, there she goes with her trauma again. No, no, no. This is, this is what we do, man. This is what we do. You know, this, this, is, this is how we live. This is how we stay alive, you know. And this, and this is how we bring our ancestors and our spirits through us. Yeah. This is what we do. Yeah. Okay, go. Completely <laughs> 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 gone out of my head. You just um, the thing is that when shame, like shame loves the dark places, and I'm not talking about those beautiful existentialist void pooli places. I'm talking about the dark secret places. As soon as you bring your shame out, as soon as you have someone to catch it, it becomes part of your victory story, right? Like, so you airing your dirty undies, emotional undies, in this room, you've just given everyone here permission to just keep it real, to be everything, to be all of it. And I remember when I first got promoted to associate professor and I rang up to Seattle and I'm like, I'm, I'm like the dumbest person I know. And here I am, we're in this context, and I'm feeling like a dum-dum as well, you know? And you can be both. And then owning that and then sharing that means that a lot of other people will be able to relate, you know, to suddenly being in those uncomfortable spaces, but exactly as you are, come as you are, you know, Moped 2 is dedicated to all those who stick out. And it's like, I canvas, you know, who's ever stuck out? Everyone sticks out their hand. It's the most beautiful thing 
to say that you, you are the new normal, you know, and that the world needs to accommodate that. Like, you, wherever you go bringing your energy, you change. Systems change. Governments change. Countries change, you know. Mm. There's a line in one of my poems, one of the few that I can remember, that says, perhaps this then is the revolution, keeping on being ourselves in a world that is doing everything it can to change us. And so while there's the new normal, there's also the continuously burning in the latest incarnation as well. And I really, I really feel that. I really feel that. Um, but the parameters of what it is to be aren't on a grid. <laughs> so have you ever heard Julia um, Mangiao Gray, have you ever heard her talk about the new old? Mm. Have you heard that? Oh, but a lot of people I know have been... Like yeah. marked by her yeah, and it's yeah. beautiful, but no, yeah. tell so, me about so it. So she talks about this. Um, I think she coined the term. I don't know, but I I was so struck by it. You know, she was well. My interpretation of what she says and my thoughts after after I've heard what she says are, you know, a lot of us have not been brought up with the old. You know, like. Many of us don't speak our traditional languages. We have not been brought up at our grandmother's knee. Um, and so finding a way into the old, often we don't have feel that we have permission to go there, right? Mm. But um, she was saying, and, and I, don't, I can't find the line between what she said and, and then what I thought, um, that we have that old there all the time. It's mm. in our DNA, you know, and it's reaching down into, it's reaching down into what is in our DNA, mm. you know, what runs, what runs through us. That is the old, you know, and we have to find our own way down into it, you know, because we haven't, well, I didn't grow up at my grandmother's knee learning Samoan and the old ways, you know. Mm. Yeah, and I, in my critical work, I call that making it new, N-I-U, the, the Poly Polynesian word for coconut tree, right? How do we indigenize and brownify this space in exactly the way that we are? And it kind of riffs off Ezra Pound's modernist cry to make poetry new, make it new all the time, as poets, as creators, as makers. And so that... You know, the, the, the coconut tree, not just as that pristine, Pacific, iconic image, but the fact that that's, that's our tree of life. Every part of it is made for garment, utensil, food, shelter, every part of it. And that's us, like, you know, we bring together our Pacific ways of knowing, doing and being, and the relationship between those three things are absolutely mandatory for me mm. in my work that you can't know without doing, you can't do without being, you can't be without knowing. And it's that beautiful, holistic way of discovering again and again and again the kāpura, that eternal, long-burning flame 
of how to do that, how to be that in all these different spaces we find ourselves in. The, 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 the amazing thing about us, as we were talking before, we're kind of like the Holy Pacifica Poet Trinity. <laughs> <laughs> Second wave, right? You know, after Albert and, and you know. So it's, it's like the, the beautiful thing about that is that we keep... I like bags being the Holy Spirit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jesus. <laughs> I'm God. We're good, we're good, you're good, uh, yeah. we're good. <laughs> when you're speaking about the new, the old new, I always see it with a parenthesis, a K, a parenthesis, and then N-E-W. So it's like new, because ultimately it feels like a remembering. Mm-hmm. Remembering back into our whole true selves. Mm-hmm. And yeah, there's a weird forgetting that we're made up of every single person that comes before us. Yeah, I... I'm, I'm, here we go, I've got a line in that, op- that opens one of my poems that, that sort of says, you know, we've all travelled through the bodies of so many relatives to be here, wearing those who have passed fresh on our faces. But we're just so quick to forget that, that it's, it's right here mm. in us yeah. all the time. Yeah, and they're all with us all the time. I often think of it mm. as, you know, my ancestors are literally trailing behind me in a long mm. line, you know, like a wedding dress, you know, mm. um, kind of like out the door and, you know, and floating around me and tapping mm. me on the shoulder. And, and I bet they wouldn't be saying, <coughs> look at her back fat. No. <laughs> right? How no? Mm. No. None of them are saying that. Yeah. Um, that's, and I, because we're so engaged with the word, right? So it wasn't until relatively recently, like the last maybe 15 years, which seems recent now. Someone's got their phone on. Someone's got their phone on. <laughs> <laughs> you know, no shame here. No gra- shame. Granddad's name Tusitala was right under my nose. It took me years and years and years to see it, mm. and to to see that I'm part of a legacy of storytelling, and that that was my mantle. That was my identity. I was looking out there. I was looking at Alice Walker. You know, I mean, Audrey Lord, Alice Walker, everyone out there to give me kind of a sense of identity. You know, and of course, women of colour, feminism, and African American women writers, they were the the kind of natural go to. Mm. And all along, Granddad's like, when you're ready, you will see. <laughs> when you're ready, you will see. And I keep climbing into that that name, that legacy in extraordinary ways. And of course, you know, I have like a twin story like that, right? Because Tusiata is my middle name and my first name is Donna. And um, I was Donna for half my life. Um, so 
yeah, I didn't, I really didn't want to be Tusiata because I was brought up in New Zealand, in Christchurch in particular, in the 70s, in the 80s, in the Muldoon era, in the Dawn Raids era. It was not a good time to be Tusiata. <laughs> it was a much better idea to be Donna. So it took me a long time to um, to claim that name, to come back into that name. And of course, Tusiata means artist, you know. And Tusitala means storyteller. So, you know, they're there waiting for us all the time. Yeah. Um, I'm just, man, honestly, one hour was not a long, was not long enough, I have to say. Um, so we only have a, another 10 minutes. But um, I'd like to... I'm throwing my questions out the window. I'm going to open up into the audience um, if there's any questions. I don't know how the situation is working with the mic to get to you, but project. <laughs> yes. It was discussed and Sam Alworthy is sitting at the back there hiding because I think we, we had plans to send a copy of Mophead to the palace. Probably would have been sent back as well. <laughs> but, but, hey Sam, yes? <laughs> cool, yep. And remember, this is not often that you get all three of these wahine in the audience <laughs> in, the, in the room at the same time. So, yep. Shall I tell them about our story when Micah's middle son was getting his shoulder operated on and Tusiata rings me up out of the blue. This is like five years ago. And she just said, I'd, I'd like to connect with you. I'd like to have you in my life more. You know, can, can, we, can we have a friendship? And I'm like, no, I don't have time. <laughs> I don't... <laughs> Well, I do, because I grew up on a, on a banking model of relationship, essentially. Like, you, you can only take out what you put in. I don't want to owe anyone anything, you know. And she was like, yeah, that's for banks. I'm talking about a friendship. And I want you to know you can call me up any time. And I was feeling quite upset. I was there by myself and my son was going through his fourth surgery. And, and so... Um, Tusiata just offered me this quite open Allah 
this quite open pathway of friendship that didn't demand anything back from me because I don't have many close, close friends. I just, it's family and work and that's it. That's changed now. So I feel like I get the best of both. Work. You know, I have two people that I can I go deep with regularly and everything else is, is jugglable. Yeah. Mm. See? But, Chia, you know, the, the like, um, Carlo's poem again, right? Having those, having those people, having the people that you can, that you can, of like mind, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think that you can be surrounded by people and be intensely lonely. And for me, I've been trying to work out more and more how to be faithful to myself. So, um, a poem called The Good Wife's Prayer, and that has been a journey, you know. What happens when you make a vow to be faithful to yourself? And then I find that the right people come and your people gather around you. But I'm not really willing to sacrifice who I actually am in order to, I don't know, have people around me who then make me feel lonely. To me, that's just nuts. Yeah, so the more I become myself, the more I find the right people because, yeah, that, I think it's a lifelong journey, to be honest, of shedding and gathering. Um, Philly? Did you say writing or biking? Because I biked here. Oh, okay. Because I had to bike here. Yeah, okay. <laughs> for writing, advice for writing. Man, I guess my, my, my number one, well, my number two, two things is to write because you just have to, because this is the way you find yourself on the paper, to write no matter what, and, and at all times, in all places. The second thing is to like get hard in terms of sending your writing out there. That's you exercising resilience, because the rejections will come and come and come, and then one day someone will go, oh yeah, we can see a place for that in our in our book and in our thought and our thought anthology. It is part of the process. No one's going to give you like an in just because you're young, brown, female. Yeah, not until we get there, <laughs> which we are, which we are. But at the same time, it's it's don't take it personally. You cannot afford to to let um, other people shut you down or shut your creative writing process down. So for, for my, my, my advice to students is once a month, last Friday of the month, get a bunch of your poems, send them out. Not to one place, to as, however many places are out there. 
last Friday of every month, just keep the writing circulating. Keep it going until you numb yourself to that, no, not interested, sorry, we're full, blah, 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 because there'll be one and then another one and then another one. I've got to say, Philly, though, that, that I'm still not numb to the rejections um, and I've been very, very bad at um, sending stuff out my whole life because of the rejections. And I have a whole list of rejections in my head that I could quote to you. Um, so, you know, you'll hear all that stuff. You'll hear all that stuff in your own head as well as the rejections from outside. But, yeah, finding a way to keep on going, like keep on going and still, still, um, still walking your path, yeah, that's the key, eh? I've, like, submitted one poem in my life to something, <laughs> just so you know. Um, I think that when we write for deep clarity and to express our greatest truth to ourselves, then it doesn't really matter, like, everything else doesn't matter, like, whether it gets published or not, because it's already a win... It's like a massive win. And then all the rest like, will follow. I, I'm published and I, I, I submitted one poem to, I don't know, like one woman once. And so I didn't go do what, you know, I'm terrible, don't ask me about that. But, but I do know that I've become clearer and clearer that actually writing poetry is about clarity. Like it, it's just clarity, and if I can hit on what I need to hit on so that I can hold it in my hands, can hold my nana in my hands, then I don't care what the rest of the world thinks. Yeah. All right. So we
Well, it's, it's to return to Mawa Laivau. Beautiful, Leilani. To, to, to return to Mawa Laivau, Albert Wentz, definition of post-colonialism in the book where kids are learning that when we say post-colonialism, the post means before, during, after, and alongside. And that my role as bridge, as Allah, is to keep the conversations open and going. So that's, that's me working this out in Mophead too, but so many more questions have come from it. So I was gauging the nine and 10 year olds' opinions yesterday. I said, was that, what did you think about colonialism? And they said, the pictures made sense. We know that, we, that story, yeah, that's like this, that's like this. So they said it was hard to understand, but also easy to understand because we live in this nation. So the conversations are being had and that's, that's kind of the best I can do with this particular platform. Kia ora. Yeah. Thank you. As you can see, hearty and actually bigger conversations in Talanoa. And I want to put a, um, a, a challenge out there to the Writers' Festival um, with Alofa. That, can these Talanoa sessions be longer than an hour? Uh? <laughs> for real, though. No, for real. <laughs> Because we need to acknowledge the time and the energy of, um, of our taonga. They are living and breathing taonga and they deserve to have more time together, us together as a village. Um, is Gina Cole here? Gina Cole, can you? Just as a thank you so much for being brave and having this session exist. Please give it up for Gina Cole. So, Vanaka, oh, you want to say something? I'll just say a little yes. word. Tēnei te mehi nunui ki a koutou, ngā wahine toa, uh, ngā wahine tutuhi, tuhituhi o, o te moana nui a kiwa. Um, Pacifica marama ganga. Oh. Uh, ganga means triumphant, victorious in Fijian. So, these are Pacifica women triumphant, victorious Pacifica women. And how often do we get to see them all on one platform? So, tēnā koutou, tēnā koutou to all of you, wahine toa. Thank you. Each Thank you for sharing your time with us today. We honour you, we see you, we love you, and we thank you so much for everything that you and offer before to the world. You, before you end us, I, I just want to... 
no, don't worry. I'm not going to launch into another diatribe. I, I, um, I just want to second that emotion over there from Leilani, is it? Leilani. Um, we honour you. We honour you for holding the space. Um, for, write, for spending weeks on those questions that you didn't get to, uh, to ask. Um, but, but also, you know, what Leilani said of working in a space that is not always um, supported by the, the institutions and making your own Allah, your own path anyway. And to all the people in this room who have to make their own space, who the normal uh, publishers or institutions or whoever they may be, you know, whatever, you have to make your own paths. And if you don't fit into to other paths, damn them, do your own thing. So, yeah, I, I just honour you for that, Grace. Yeah. Tanakoe, you've been listening to a podcast from the 2021 Auckland Writers Festival Waituhi or Tamaki. You can find a range of other festival talks, interviews, and discussions on iTunes, SoundCloud, and on our website, writersfestival.co.nz.